morning, everybody. This is amazing. Uh, <clears throat> I've been reading through the Bible. I did the chronological Bible reading chart for this year, which jumps around a bit in your Bible, but it's supposedly in sequence with the events as they happened, as best they can get it. And today's Bible reading was Daniel chapter 1 through chapter 3. And I said, well, how, how could that just happen when our lesson is, is on that very scripture text? 365 days in a year that we, we do our reading, and, and my Sunday school lesson is on the very exact chapters that we're, our lesson's about. He didn't know I was reading the chronological, and, and I don't know, maybe your Bible, maybe your yearly reading Bible, daily Bible reading had you in Daniel as well. I'm not sure, but I thought that was pretty cool. But our lesson is on God is in control. How many is glad that God is in control? Praise God. Daniel chapter 2, verse 14, if you've got a pamphlet to read along with, or, or you can watch our <clears throat> screen overhead as we read along. Daniel chapter 2, verse 14. If you don't have a pamphlet need one raise your hand there we go anybody else need one before i get brother charlie needs one. Oh, he don't <laughs> he just been ornery too well he can join the crowd with my wife she hid my bible all ago i tell you what when you when your notes are in your bible and 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 it was sitting right there and i thought what have i done with it and i walked back up around the sound booth and over then I put two and two together and saw she had moved and she had brought my Bible. She was just taking care of me, but I didn't know she had took care of me. <laughs> what we have here is a failure to communicate, <laughs> but I figured it out. Daniel chapter, everybody ready? Daniel chapter 2, verse 14. <clears throat> then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He answered and said to Arioch, the king's captain, Why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Arioch made the thing known to Daniel. Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time, and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house, made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions, that they would... Desire mercies of God, of the God of heaven, concerning this secret, that Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a, in a night vision, and then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel an answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removeth the kings. Setteth up kings, and giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. He revealeth the deep and secret things. He knoweth what is in the darkness, and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee, O thou God of my fathers, who hath given me wisdom and might, and hast made known unto me now what we desired of thee. For thou hast now made known unto us the king's matter. Praise God. And the key verse, or focus verse, is verse 19. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. 
then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now, I'm going to make a statement here. And at first, it might take you back. You might think I'm not being honest, but I really am being honest about what I'm about to say. Let me just begin by saying I've had bears chase me, literal bears chase me. I've had mountain lions chasing me. I've had people with guns and knives and swords chase me. I've had them catch me, and I've had them tie me up so that I couldn't move to defend myself. I've had them shoot at me. I've had them stab me. And I've looked for certain people for an entire night only to never find them. I've fallen off roofs. I've been able to fly. I mean, literally fly without any assistance. No jet pack, no airplane. Fly up into the sky, above the clouds, and come down in other states and other countries. I've done it. I've been secured against my will to some type of a vehicle, and it was going at a high rate of speed down an incline so fast that things were flying past me, and I couldn't even recognize what I was going so fast, and I was headed towards this black, ominous hole I'm not even sure what it was, but I was scared. I was so scared that I felt like my heart was going to pound out of my chest. And this actually happened. And, I, and I've seen the rapture take place, and I was left behind. People I knew were rising up to meet Jesus, and I was left on the ground looking up and realizing that I wasn't rising. I've, I've seen the rapture take place, and I was going up, and I awoke. From my dreams, speaking in tongues. I, I like that dream better. I've dreamed of being in church and the Holy Ghost moving like a mighty wind and woke up speaking in tongues. I like those kind of dreams. I don't like those ones where the lions are chasing me and the bears. Those, those were very real and wake up shaking, heart pounding. But it was just a dream. Sometimes I woke up, thank God it was just a dream. You ever had those... God, it was just a dream. It's just a dream. And it, sometimes you wake up and it takes you a little while to realize what, to recognize what's reality and what's not, you know. Kind of like a child when you wake up, you spend the night with somebody and you wake up in a different house and, you th- and you're not sure where you're at because your, your brain's fried. I can remember, remember one time when I was a young man, still unmarried, I'd gotten a job and I wanted to go to youth camp, so I drove to mustang every night that week to be in the youth camp service and and drove all the way back to work the next day did that all week long and of course by friday i was toast and my best friend decided he wanted to go and we, we rode together we rode in his car he said i'll tell you what i'll drive up there and you drive back i said sound like a deal and he had a, a radar detector one of the early ones and man we drove like 80 mile an hour that's back when it was like 65 or 55 and we made it just in time for church you know, on the way back, I, it was my turn to drive, and we were going to stop at Midway. And I was, man, I was bumping the center median. I was nodding off. Finally, I said, Tom, you're going to have to drive, or I'm going to kill both of us. So we switched over, and I got in the passenger side. He was on, behind the wheel, and we took off, and I went slapped to sleep. And all of a sudden, I wake up, and the car was exiting at, in, at Midway. There was a Howard Johnson's there at the time. We were going to stop and get something to eat, get some coffee, try to wake up. And I had forgotten we had switched. I thought I was still driving. There was no brake pedals. 
There was no steering wheel. I was stomping the floor trying to and, and slapping the dash trying to find the steering wheel. And Tom looked at me. I looked over at him, and I'm, I'm sure I had the craziest look on my face. He said, man, you are tired. <laughs> but it was, just a, it was just a dream. It wasn't real. I thought I was driving, and I felt the car change speed and exit off, and I had no control over that. That's a strange feeling. But we've all had crazy dreams. We've all had those times that we woke up and was glad that it was, wasn't real. King Nebuchadnezzar. How many, anybody can spell Nebuchadnezzar? Brother Hanson, you can spell it? Yeah, see if you can spell it. You left out the U. Nebuchadnezzar. I didn't hear it. <laughs> this is incorrect. This will be read, reread for the yellow team without interruption. <laughs> I've got it typed out here because I know. Actually, I can, I can spell. I don't know why. It's just one of those quirky things about me that I, I've always been able to spell, spell Nebuchadnezzar. There's other things I can't, can't spell. But Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. And now, many times, it's, dreams are a mixture of late-night pizza and a dinner at the Palace of Lada Tomain. Now, Tomain's another word. I didn't realize it didn't start with a T. How many knows what Tomain starts with? What letter? P. P-T-O-M-A-I-N-E. I, I didn't know that. But I've always heard those places that can poison you with food. It's called the Palace of Lada Tomain. That's just an old saying of ours. And sometimes our dreams are a product of what we've eaten. Bean dreams or pizza dreams. Or uh, Now, I've had, had spicy food wake me up in the middle of the night and uh, wishing I hadn't eaten it. But according to psychology today, <clears throat> most people think your brain shuts down when you sleep. But now researchers know that sleep is a period of intense neurological activity brain does a lot of things while you're asleep and i know not all dreams have any significance but some do for instance joseph had dreams joseph had dreams about his his brother she's bound down to his his mom and dad's and uh you, you know all those dreams and jacob had a dream ladder reaching to heaven angels ascending and descending mary and joseph job wrote in the New King James Version, in Job chapter 33, verse 14, it said, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. And we've seen that happen. I've heard of people having dreams and it come to pass. Recently, a couple of years ago, a person was talking to me about a dream he had, and I happened to know a lot about that situation. He didn't know a thing about it, but yet God had revealed in a dream to him what was taking place. I said, well, I can't tell you right now, but God is opening your understanding some, some things, and at some point, we, we can talk. And that, that let me know that God speaks. God touches people sometimes in a dream. Maybe your dream was from God. Maybe it was from the China Garden Buffet. I don't know. But you can pray and ask God, God, is this from you? 
And if he was speaking in your dream, he will speak again in your devotion. He'll confirm it. So in our scripture text, there's a familiar story of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Of course, this was the time of captivity. This was when Babylon had come in and taken uh, Jews captive to their country, and they'd taken some select certain, and Brother Hanson spoke of this last Sunday, had taken some of these, the best of the best, uh, back to to Babylon, and there he was indoctrinating them, and, and of course he talked about how they, they the Daniel fast and the, what they ate instead of the king's meat. And, of course, it was Daniel, Hanani, Azariah, and Mishael, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And, of course, this story occurred while they were in Babylonian captivity. So the dream that had so much significance was one that the king couldn't remember. Have you ever dreamed something? Couldn't remember what you dreamed? <laughs> I've done that. I woke up in a dream and couldn't remember what it was, but it woke me up. And that always bothered me, too. What was that dream about? I can't remember. But I, I've had dreams and not remembered them. And this, this is what happened to the king, and it implies that he had multiple dreams of the same thing. Because it said that, well, I'll read it to you. It, it, obviously, he felt it was important to know this dream. It, it, the Bible says that he was troubled. He felt like it was important to know what this dream was, and it's just like there's times, and of course, the older I get, the more I do this. I told my wife the other day, I'm supposed to do something. I'm supposed to call somebody, and I can't remember what it is. I literally fretted over that all day long. I'm supposed to call this person. I can't remember. I mean, I'm going through the list of people I know. Nothing rang a bell. List, 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 list. Nothing. People, I, I went literally through the church and where everybody sits in my mind. No, it wasn't them. Wasn't, wasn't, no, 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 no. It wasn't anybody. And it was late that evening. Actually, it was the next day. It was the next day. I remembered who it was. Thank God I remembered it. <laughs> and, but, and, and sometimes uh, I, we, we, we know there's things. If you ever had that feeling there was something I was supposed to have done, I can't remember what it was. I don't have it on my list. I tell people at work, make sure I write it down because if I don't, I'll forget it. I've got a board I write stuff on, things people want done in their classrooms or around the campus uh, or or things that's going to be done on a specific date. I'll put it on my phone. I'll put it on my calendar. I'll, I'll set alarms because I understand that I forget things. And Nebuchadnezzar felt like this was important, and but he couldn't remember the dream. And so he gathered his wise men around, and he, and, and he said, interpret this dream, and first of all, you need to recall the dream. You need to know what I dreamed, and then I need you to interpret it. Well, that's a pretty hard task. I... I I wasn't there. I, we didn't have any wires hooked up to your head. I didn't have a monitor. I, I didn't have any, any kind of gadgetry or any technology that were interpreted dreams or, or even know what you were dreaming. I, we didn't have a tape recorder or a recording device or a digital recorder. Maybe you were mumbling something in your sleep. We didn't have anything like that to know what you were saying. We, we have no clue. So they said, well, just tell us what your dream was. We'll be glad to interpret it. He said, no, you don't understand. I need you to tell me what I dreamed because I can't remember. And then I want you to interpret it. Wow. That's a tough one, King. Uh, we can't do that. Well, he got upset. <clears throat> Let me just read it. In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, verse 1, Daniel chapter 2, 
Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams, multiple dreams, wherewith his spirit was troubled in his sleep. It woke him up from sleep. And he commanded to call the magicians and astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans to show the king his dream. So they came stood before the king, and he said unto them, I have dreamed a dream. My spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syriac, O king, live forever. Tell thy servants a dream. We'll show thee the, show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The thing is gone from me. If you will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, you shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. But if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, you shall receive of, of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. Kind of put them in a spot. You can't tell me the dream. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to kill you. That's the way it's going to be. I mean, I've been supporting you. I've fed you. You've been on my staff. You you milked this thing. You've been part of our organization all this time, but you need to start producing right here. And this is what I've been paying you all this time for. This is what I've been feeding you for, and you've been sitting at the king's table. Now I need you to 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 ante up here. I need you to make it good. And they couldn't, and he was very upset. And he said, in fact, not only am I going to kill you, but I'm going to destroy your house. In other words, he's going to take out his family as well. So the pressure was on, and it was all the wise men. All the astrologers, all of them, and that included Daniel and his three companions because they were a part of that group. And so when Daniel heard, when the decree was made, he heard about it, he said, why is the king so hasty? And so he said, well, let me talk to the king. So I guess he got an audience with the king, and he asked him, why are you so hasty? And let's see if God can reveal this. And sure enough, he allowed them to do that. And so what does Daniel do? He goes back to his buddies. He goes back to the house of God. He goes back to the other saints that he fellowshiped with. He said, folks, we need to pray. Let's, let's ask God for mercy. that we, we, don't, we don't die when the rest of these men are, are destroyed and killed. That God would protect us and reveal to us this secret, this mystery. Aren't you thankful that when things get beyond our control... And our capabilities, we can seek God. And God can intervene for us and can give us direction and give us wisdom in every situation. You say, well, why do you have to have it? Well, you remember when Peter was in prison and the church prayed? And God sent an angel and set Peter free. Woke him up out of sleep. How about when Paul and Silas were in prison? They prayed. They sang songs. And God sent an earthquake, set them free. Corporate prayer is a powerful force. The greatest enemy of the devil is the church. The greatest enemy of the devil in Shakota is the church. The devil has things he wants to do in our town, and we're in direct opposition. We stand in his way, especially if we're praying. He can't do the things he wants to do if we're praying. So... And if we don't pray, the enemy destroys and gets the advantage and has his will in whatever he wants to do. Second, uh, Second Chronicles chapter 7, we all know this setting scripture, says, if, verse 13, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, 
if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. So sure enough, in a night vision, God reveals the dream to Daniel. Verse 19, then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then God ble- or Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And, and he speaks about how he realized that God sets up kings. He removes them. He sets them up. He puts kings in place. I've, I've been listening to some, some different documentary things. There's, there's some amazing things concerning the nation of Israel that some of our presidents were put in place just at the right time. One of them was President Truman. When he took over after Roosevelt passed away, there was a little window that he allowed the Jews. He said, send them back to their home country. They were on his ship. And Truman's, Truman said, send them back. It, it's as if God, just at the right time, put President Truman in place. That puts chill bumps. God is in control. God is in control. To the point there was a rabbi, there was a rabbi that came came and visited the president and said, You're Cyrus. Because King Cyrus was the one that allowed the Jews to go back, go back and start rebuilding the temple and rebuilding their home. King Cyrus allowed, even though he was an opposing country that opposed Israel, he said, You can go back, and he appointed those to return and rebuild. And so this rabbi called Truman Cyrus. In fact, they say that one time Truman said, I'm Cyrus. And they say it, it stemmed back to his mother who loved Israel and loved the, the writings and reading about Israel. And that, no doubt, influenced President Truman to make those decrees and those decisions. Although I, our lesson really doesn't go into what Nebuchadnezzar dreamed, it doesn't, it's not in our text. I am going to read to you, continue in Daniel chapter 2, what, what the dream was. I, I don't want to leave you hanging. Many of you have read this. This, this, what is amazing, even though Nebuchadnezzar was a heathen king, God revealed to him things that prophecy teachers teach about today. They read this scripture setting and, and, and in lightness of what all these things mean, the, the, the metaphors of which countries it represents. And I've heard this since I was a, a young boy, as preachers would teach and pastors would teach. On end time, they would always bring this story up. And God revealed it to a heathen king. Of course, it took a godly man, Daniel, and his buddies to seek God's face to get the interpretation. Daniel says, Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image whose brightness was excellent stood before thee. And the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. And thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and break them to pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the shaft 
chaff of the summer threshing floor, and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold, and after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces, and so doeth all things. And as iron that breaketh all these things, shall it break in pieces and bruise. Whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, and part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. But there shall be in it the strength of the iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. Whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof sure. Then the, the king Nebuchadnezzar fell on his face, and worshipped Daniel, and commanded they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. The king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Amazing. And, of course, we're not going to go into what all those means. We know Babylon was the head of gold. Iran, Iraq was with the shoulders of silver. And uh, and then Greece is in there and, and Rome, various things, but we're not going into that. What is astounding me is that God gave this heathen king a dream that revealed to all mankind what would take place in our world all the way to the end time. Daniel recognized that God puts people in power and he takes others down. We can take a note, a note of this as well in our day, that God is in control. I know that God has used our president to fulfill his will. He's used other presidents in the past. Sometimes even the dates that they do things, they have no clue how significant that date is, but it's all in part of God's plan. There's things I don't totally understand, but God is in control. There's some that's even compared President Trump to King Jehu of the Old Testament. And it, it fits pretty good, actually, when you think about it. Is he a saint? I don't think so. But who knows? He might have had an experience with God that we don't know about. I don't know. I know he has done what no other president has done. 
even though they promised. One was he moved U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. I mean, presidents have promised that for years, and it's never happened. And now, guess what? Other countries are following suit. They're starting to move their embassy. And not only that, he's, he's secured a, a peace treaty with the Arab Emirates, United Arab Emirates with Israel, and now there are other countries following suit. That's, that's, of course, I think it's prophetical, too. There's, there's something. I, I know there, some eschatology preachers, teachers, talk about there's going to be an agreement, there's going to be a treaty that's going to give Israel rights to, their, to, to Jerusalem and, and eventually to rebuild the temple. We know that's going to take place, and some believe that that begins a time uh, of, of Daniel's prophecy. I, I, I don't, I don't claim to be a prophecy teacher. I don't know, but I do, I do recognize that it's significant. It is very significant that it's happening today, and the, the fact not only is these things happening with the nation of Israel, there's things the, the media is not even reporting. There's Major things taking place around our world we don't even hear about unless we're diligent enough to search it out and seek it out. Now, they're only worried about others' menial things that don't really amount to anything. So, <clears throat> he's done what no other president has promised and done, moved the embassy. He's come out against abortion. He's blocked funding for institutions and countries that perform them. Called Protecting the Life in Global Health Assistance, PLGHA. That's when, that's when he defunded Planned Parenthood. Plus a whole list of, of funding stops for various expenses embedded into bills that required funding, federal funding for abortions. He, he stopped all that, including using fetal tissue and researches. The list is long, and we don't have time to, to read it all. He's openly spoke out against countries that persecute and inhibit religious freedoms around the globe, especially those countries that have imprisoned missionaries and pastors. He's condemned them publicly and spoken to them in person to release, and many of them have been released. First president in person to speak at the March for Life event. I, I found that, I didn't realize that. The first sitting president to actually participate in that event. He ended the previous administration's policy that allowed transgender students in our schools to use the shower and restrooms of their choice. He issued an executive order promoting free speech and religious liberties. He's appointed Supreme Court justices that will rule on the side of morality, godliness, and religious freedom. Also, he has overseen the appointment of 193 federal judges and 51 appeals court judges that are constitutional originalists that will interpret the law as written. When governors were shutting down churches during this pandemic, he was calling for them to allow the churches to convene and deem them as essential. So this list is so extensive, time won't allow us to elaborate. But if you'll just Google, and this is what I did, I Google, what has President Trump done as president that is godly? And I just started writing down a few highlights. Some of them, the list is long, very long. And I, some of it I didn't even know, didn't even realize. Now, again, he has a storied past. I mean, we all know what President Trump has been. We know he's been a businessman, but we know his lifestyle was promiscuous. 
So I, I'm, not, I'm not calling him a saint. But I do know if God can use Nebuchadnezzar, he can use President Trump. <laughs> and I think he has. Now, is it going to last? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. He may get voted out of office. And Biden may become our president. That may happen. I don't know. I didn't vote for Donald Trump in the primary. I voted for another candidate because I I just didn't believe his story. I didn't believe he had converted. I didn't believe he had changed. I really didn't. In fact, I was pretty bummed during the general election when I I did vote for him in general, but I kind of backed up and put my vote in. (laughs) <laughs> kind of like when you hadn't really done a good, honest eight hours work, you back up to get your check on Friday. That's kind of the way I voted. I wasn't real happy. And I preferred, but then then I saw all the things he's doing, and, and I tell you what, I, I think he's done some wonderful things for religious liberties. Now, if you're a Democrat or Republican or, or independent, I'm just telling you what I've seen. I'm not here to tell you how to vote. You vote pastor says just vote godliness vote righteousness but i did see a headline the other day that makes me understand in fact i did a screenshot of it it's a headline from a group that call themselves the magic resistance they're witches that they're casting thousands of spells on president trump each month trying they don't like what he's doing he's the jehu he's going and I'm not here to be political, but it, I thought, you know, isn't, isn't there something about when the devil fights you, you must be doing something right? <laughs> I think God is definitely using that. I, I don't know if he's a saint. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's a godly man. I do know God sets up kingdoms and takes kingdoms down. This might be the end. It might only be a four-year run for him. I don't know. It might just be a window that God has allowed him to do what he's doing. and it's going to, Or it might last another four years. But that doesn't mean that God's plan is still not going to happen if he does take another. You know, I've talked to several men in our church here. And, and I was talking to Brother Wallace. And he's talking about it could be that God's allowing these bad things to happen in our world. So the church will pray. And so to, to facilitate his coming and that, that the, those that will pray and seek his face will and those that won't, then, then you know, God's, God's going to do his will. And it may be, that may be exactly when it happens. I don't know. Or it may be during the second term. I don't know. I'm not here. I'm not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. I know the church needs to pray for the country like never before. Just like, it's like we're captive in our own country. Religious people, moral, moral people that have morals that try to live right, we're, we're an anomaly. We're made fun of. I talked to, he's not in here, I talked to my grandson yesterday, talking about kids making fun of him because he said, I, I'm tired of being different. I said, well, let me tell you something. Different is good. Because if you're like everybody else and where they're headed and where this world is going, and yeah, they make, he said, well, they make fun. They make fun. I said, well, yeah, I'm sure they do. But you got, it's kind of like King David. He saw the wicked. He saw the prosperity. But when he went to the house of God and he recognized their end, 
when he went and prayed and he got in the presence of God, he realized where they're headed and where he was headed was polar opposite directions. Of course, young people don't always understand that everything's right now. They don't understand tomorrow and putting back for tomorrow and preparing for tomorrow is I want I want that candy right now I want that pop right now why can't we stop and get something to drink I, I'm hungry right now I can't wait till supper you're gonna have to wait I can't wait I'm hungry they didn't feed me much at school today they all they had was this old garbage slop and and uh, and I and I've eaten at the school I worked there five years I tell you what, some of it was pretty good stuff. Now, there were days I liked the others all about a little bit. There were days I liked it better than others. But there wasn't a day went by I couldn't find something I liked and I could eat. Now, of course, the kids were saying, why can't we have real food? What do you mean real food? You don't like McDonald's or... Honey, I don't mean to bust your bubble. That's not real food. This is real food right here. This is mashed potatoes and gravy. This is corn. This is ham. This is... uh, Ew, that's gross. No, that's actually pretty good. I can get fat off of it. And I did. I had to go on a diet. Even with all the restrictions they put in place, I could still gain weight with the school food. <laughs> of course, you get my age, you can gain weight just looking at food. But I know <clears throat> we need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our president, vice president, pray for the House, the Senate. Now, I know there's some evil people in there. I know it. We've seen them. We've heard them. We've heard them spew and say they're divisive things and come out against. And, I, and I've seen it on both sides. In fact, that's what's amazing. There, there, are, there are actually people that in President Trump's party that is against him. Spoken out against him and actively trying to convince people to vote against him. But it's because he's stirring the pot <laughs> and he's... And we need to pray for him. We need to pray for the House and the Senate and our own state governments and city governments. Even though there are people some in places, not all of them, but some that are very evil in position, God is still able to do what he wants to do, especially if the church prays. And I close with this. The effectual, James five sixteen, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Availeth much. And when you put those together with one another, as we pray, the corporate prayer, if, if one man praying and he's righteous avails much, imagine what happens, the synergy when we put it all together and we're all praying, focused on a specific need and a specific end and specific desire for not only our lives, in our church, in our city, but also for for our global interests, churches, missionaries, protection. I mean, we need to pray for our high school students. We need to pray for our college students, those Aubrey, both Aubreys, uh, a number of kids. Some of them are in colleges now. The goods have children in college. We need to pray for them. And pray for our missionaries and pray for our pastors. Pray for fellow uh, uh, in neighboring cities, fellow pastors and ministers, missionaries. Some of them are in harm's way. My sister and her husband were, were stateside when the pandemic hit. They're missionaries to, 
to Mexico. And they weren't allowed to go back. And they had been raised, they were in the process of building an, a brand new facility, a brand new church. Brand new. And the saints were, the men of the church and, and other men were helping them build it. And it was, going, it was, it was it's beautiful. They're still not completely done with it, but they're able to have services in there, I'm understanding now. But then the government saw what was happening and saw money. And they had to pay $30,000 or the government was going to shut them down. And I'm sure, I'm sure they probably could have, I don't know, to me I'm thinking, let's find the embassy, find the U.S. embassy there in Mexico and, and get some help and say stop this. But it's, I don't know, I don't understand all I know about it, but it, just, it seems so unreal that they would do that. And I'm, I'm, I told my sister, I said, I'm worried about what they're going to want next time. Well, what are they going to say next time? Thank God God is in control. And, of course, they were able to go back, and now hopefully things will settle down there for them. But the effectual fervent prayer of righteous people avails much. Could we stand? Jesus, we love you today. Thank you, Lord, for your